Shut up and sit down. Greetings from the heartland of America, Guthrie, Oklahoma, and Hoboken Coffee Roasters. This is the Bold Leadership Podcast, where we are building bold leaders to solve tomorrow's toughest challenges. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for taking the time. The Bold Leadership Podcast is published every Tuesday for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.exsin.co. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud favorites. You can also follow us on Twitter at The Bold Leaders and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. And now, here are your hosts, former Air Force pilot, commander, and business owner Dave Evans with his partner in crime, former combat controller, wealth advisor, and deal maker extraordinaire Phil Nichols. Let's get into the show. Well, here we are. Another episode of Bold Leadership. We've made it to double nickel, number 55. Phil is finally back after traveling the world and yeah. having a, an amazing time, I think. It was a great trip to Italy. Got to see our kids. And one of the beautiful things about going uh, overseas for any period of time, at least for me, is I realize how much I love the United States of America and I'm ready to get home. <laughs> I, <laughs> I understand. You know, if you haven't traveled the world, you probably don't understand yeah. that, but but that is the reality of yeah, traveling. It is. this home. You do this. I mean, I had a great time. Italy's beautiful and all that stuff. Great food. Beautiful buildings. All the cool stuff. But I was ready to come home. Yeah. Well, so while you were gone, Phil, I did a little thing talking about why we don't need to surround ourselves with yes women and men yeah. that tell us the right thing all the time. And it's interesting because I found this article by Jane Claire Harvey. And it says, this is why your boss deserves negative feedback. And, uh, you know, Jane's a pretty smart lady. Uh, Women at Forbes, you can find her. But her article really ties in what it means to provide negative feedback. And, you know, one of the things I always encourage and think is really important is that discussion. Differing opinions are good so long as you provide a solution. So we're going to talk about some of the things that she said in her article and her interview and how that applies, how you can apply these things to your business. So the first question she asked Lou in this, in this article is, how can startups, small businesses, and lean creative companies better prioritize and utilize their team's ex- expertise? Hmm. Um, and the number one thing she said is attract your applicants differently. Yeah. And, and what she means is be open to who's out there. You know, I think it's really interesting how companies hire today. They have an online system. You put all your stuff in the system, and they look for keywords. Yeah. How do you think it's working for them? Well, it's like an old football coach. I heard him tell a recruiter one time, um, came in, he said, boy, he's not very big. And my coach looked at him and says, well, I didn't know football players came in sizes. So I I think there's, you know, it's not working for them. You know, uh, keywords don't capture the essence of who a person is. They don't, you can't get into, you know, what makes that person unique and and special. And, um, you 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 can't uncover their, you know, their dynamic personality, for example, because of a key word. You know, I've, I've said this many times, I've never been as smart as I was the day I hired somebody and I got progressively dumber every day thereafter in that employee's eyes, right? Yep. And, and so my point of saying that is, is that you're going to get the absolute best possible you can, you know, in a resume or in an interview and you know, references are going to give you are going to be the all the people that are going to tell you how great they are. Um, that's why you got to dig deeper and you got to push and you got to ask. I, I read somewhere, 
I cannot remember the organization, but they, they always ask an impossible to answer question. There is no answer. But they like to watch the, per, the person try to process it and how do they get to, the, to wherever they go. Think about that. That's brilliant. You're going to find out real quick how do they think on their feet. You're going to also find out real quick are they full of it. You know, I mean, but, but all that stuff, I mean, you get to see the person in action, who they really are. Because if you ask somebody an impossible to answer question, you're going to find out some things about them. You, you sure are. Hey, you're going to find creative there. Yeah. You're going to find out if they're full of yeah. who or what right, like you right, said. Right. Now, the thing that I will say that applies to this for our, our passion, which is our fellow veterans, right. is that if you haven't been in the military and you look at a military person's resume, nine times out of ten, you're going to miss the important stuff. Probably 10 times out of 10. You're not going to know what you're looking at. And a keyword search isn't going to get you there. So if you're wanting to hire veterans, yeah. work with them. You know, you need to call them in and talk to them. Have that conversation because you're going you're gonna to be amazed at what you learn. And you're going to get a team of people that really get how to lead and do and get things done. Yeah, you got to have a diverse group like you were talking. I mean, it's you know you can't have a bunch of Phil's or a bunch of Dave's or a bunch of uh, 22-year-olds or a bunch of... Uh, 30-year-old that's you know didn't go to college or a bunch of 30-year-olds that only went to college. I mean, you know, you've got to have a diverse workforce if you're going to succeed in today's world. You absolutely do. The next thing she says in this is the question is, you know, you need to develop your employees differently. And I'll argue, you need to develop your employees. Right. Yeah, let's start there. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. We've yeah. looked at a, new, a lot of businesses. We've talked to a lot of people. And they, yeah. they basically have a great business idea. They go do... And they bring new people in. And there's not really a plan of how to get them from A to B. They just expect them to get the work done. Right. So are they developing a culture or not? Well, I think, and then to add to that challenge is each job within the organization requires a different type of training and development. I mean, it's it's much simpler. Let's, I'll use my two favorite positions in any organization, accounting and sales, because of the most completely opposite of the two but one can't function without the other and the other I mean it's, it's they just can't um, but you're going to train and teach a salesperson completely differently than you would train and teach somebody that's in the accounting department because it's easier because there's more fixed things in the accounting department right I mean, you can, you, you can, here's our process, here's our accounting system, this is when we do this, this is when we do that. It's much easier to checklist that than it is to go to a sales rep and say, hey, you know, every, you know, do this on this day, this on that. I mean, every day is different because so much of their life is dictated by other people. And so what they get accomplished on any given day, they're in control of about 20% of that day. <laughs> Because they have, they have to navigate the waters that is somebody else's schedule, somebody else's challenges that pop up in their day. There's just a lot of other variables. So you, you also can't just have one training system for everybody because they have such diverse jobs. That is a fact. So let's talk about feedback. And I think this is where you open the door to a culture that, that builds and, and identifies challenges and accepts that all of us are not perfect. Yeah. And that allows us to grow the company and to honestly beat our competitors because we're always innovating. We're always looking for what we can do better and we're moving forward. And and it really comes with the boss's feedback. So you know Simon Sinek says, 
in one of his discussions, leaders fail when they walk in and define a problem for the group and give them the solution, right? Leaders need to keep their mouth shut in a meeting. Walk in and say, hey, this is a challenge we're dealing with. What do you think? And leave it there, right? Yeah. But people won't do that if you don't treat them, number one, come from a place of care. How do you think, do you think it's important for employers to truly care about their employees and show that daily that they care about their family, their life, and what they do? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we, it's, it's, it's so rare that that happens in today's world, um, whether it's employer or even socially. Unfortunately, we were talking a little bit before we came on the air, but it's so rare that that happens in the workplace today that it's almost laughed at when it does happen. You know what I mean? I do. There's people that, you know how when you've got that friend, I've got a friend named Hetty Coleman who we'll have on the show sometime. He's a wonderful pastor of a church, North Church, and he's just, just, he's in my top five all-time human beings. He's just a wonderful human being. And... Hetty has a saying that he tells everybody every time when he walks away, he says, go win. And it's amazing that as you go around town, you know, we live in a smaller community. I've actually had people come up to you and say, can you go win? And I'm thinking, how can you find anything negative about somebody telling you to go and win? But they do. And, and I think that's unfortunately is a sign of the lack of seeing that positive reinforcement, that caring spirit, that you know, desire to help one another, we don't see it enough. So when we do see it, people are almost cynical about it. You know, and it's 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 unfortunate, but it, but it's an absolute necessity. Now, when you do see it inside an organization, you know what it is right away, because it's those kind of organizations are unreal. Oh, they're amazing. They they kill it. But it's just you know, it's just. It's, we live in a cynical world, Dave. Well, you know, it's funny because the transition from the military five years ago to mm-hmm. the real world, I'll call it the civilian side sector. Where you don't have to worry about dying. Every where day. you don't have to worry about dying. Every day. But <laughs> people don't really, I mean, let's be honest. They you, they go to work from nine to five and yep. they go home. Yeah. And I didn't see a lot of, uh, I didn't see a lot of care by senior leaders um, for the team. Yeah, and a lot of companies I talk to you see it every day. You know, they they do their job, and the companies that we've talked to who, where they do care for one another, they're going to get it right and they're going to win. And, and the, the attitude and culture is amazing. So, you know, leaders out there, developing leaders, young people growing up, think about your team. You know, understand their dreams and vision and goals, and and and, and be a part of their life. Yeah, I think it's the second thing a leader needs to do. They talk about is come from a place of observation. We've talked about this a number of times. The Lord gave you two, two ears and one mouth for a reason. Um, and I think it's really important for leaders to focus on what's being said and what's actually being done in an organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think, too, there's, you've got to be careful because in today's society, again, if you're a strong individual, uh, whether it's man or woman, um, or if you're very direct, not rude, but direct, that can be misinterpreted many times. And as I like to say, I, I don't just have it. I'm a carrier of that. You know, I mean, there's, I mean, you know, you know, there's, uh, um, we were talking before we came on the air and, and, and I made the statement that it's not easy to be my friend because there are certain things in the world that I've decided are non-negotiable. And when you have certain things in your world that are non-negotiable, it creates 
uh, conflict. And many people are not comfortable with conflict, right? Most people are. Most people are. And, well, I, I've always said I don't necessarily like it, but I don't dislike it either, right? I mean, I'm, I'm neutral about the whole concept of conflict. And I think that in today's society where you have leaders that are, I mean, you know, and listen, this morning it was kind of ironic when you brought up, you know, we need to have, have one mouth and two ears. Um, my uh, Bible study this morning that I do every morning was about uh, staying silent. And basically, all of Proverbs is about staying silent. Absolutely. I mean, if you, if you really get into Proverbs, it's about when, you, when should you talk? Well, really never. <laughs> Proverbs. You're going you know? to screw something yeah. up. And I, I'm guilty. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so and I think that it's, it's, it's interesting. I would encourage our, our listeners to, to go open up the greatest book ever written and go to Proverbs and, and you will learn everything you need to know about being a leader in Proverbs as it pertains that to properly handling communication correctly with your coworkers, your, uh, your business partners, your clients, whoever, your family, it's all in there. Um, you know, I, like most things in my life, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I have to learn it the hard way most times. And, uh, um, it's kind of interesting to go back and to read and then apply those things to your most recent experiences in life. And you'll, you'll figure out pretty quickly that those are all true statements, but it's, um, it's important to, um, to listen to people. Uh, doesn't mean you have to, uh, and it's, let me qualify that, it's important to listen and hear people. Uh, don't just listen, but actually hear what they're saying. Um, and then, because from there, you can make good decisions, and decisions that you're going to be okay with, that you're going to be able to live with. doesn't mean that everybody else is going to like them all the time. You know, you, th- you think back to the great, great accomplishments in our world, whether it's uh, Mother Teresa or Gandhi or, um, you know, uh, pick them. I mean, there's countless examples. They didn't follow the masses. I mean, they just didn't. And, and that's what made them so special. Um, very much lightning rods, all those people, you know. And, and it's, uh, it's important for an organization to have, we've said this countless times, open and honest communication with each other. And a big part of that is knowing when to not speak. And it's, uh, that's tough. It's it tough. is, especially when, you're, when you think you're in charge, right? Well, yeah, right. So the third one they talk about is come from a place of fallibility as a leader. You know, <laughs> this is great with kids. I mean, this is really resonates if you look at it from a father-son, father-daughter yeah. perspective. Yeah. You know, they think that you as a parent are perfect. And they don't want to show them that they're not perfect and they get really nervous when they make a mistake. Well, the reality of it is none of us are perfect. I mean, you have to show your team that you respect their inputs and that you're going to make mistakes and it's okay to make mistakes. Just don't make the same mistake twice, right? Right. Now, Dave, you've heard me say this many times. Um, your kids are going to figure out soon enough you're not perfect, so why don't you just go ahead and let them know on, on your timing. And that's the same thing with your team, right? Yeah. I mean, let them know and then you can move past all that junk. And, and most importantly, hopefully, your children or your team at work can learn from the mistakes that you've made previously so they don't have to repeat them. And 
you know, it takes a lot of uh, self-confidence to do that because admitting that you make a mistake, admitting that you were wrong, is one of the toughest things to do for a human being. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. uh, you know, and I on that beautiful trip to Italy, um, I had the opportunity to do that with my beautiful daughter-in-law, admit that I was wrong about something. And it, it's, a, it's a good thing because you grow as people when you do that. You know, you, you, your relationships will grow. I mean, there's no greater way in the world. To, first of all, if you want to be trusted, don't lie. It's a good place to start. And then secondly, <laughs> and then secondly, if you want to be trusted, let people see you be vulnerable authentically. You know, be, be authentic in your shortcomings. Be authentic in, in your failures. And own them. And, you know, it goes back to what we said earlier. You know, everybody, everybody's, I'm, I'm always amazed when people are amazed that somebody screws up. We're all going to screw up. Absolutely. We're all going to step our <laughs> yeah, toe. Yeah, yeah. So just, so own it, uh, learn from it, and teach to it. And, you know, you'll go a long ways to growing your organization. So the final thing I want to talk about today is in the same line of how you deal with your team to build that culture where they'll ask questions and things is, it's come from a place of curiosity. Um, and the interesting thing about this, and a friend of mine was talking about it this weekend on one of his live feeds from Facebook, and he's, you know, he talks about how when you're four years old, mm. you, you are the perfect leader and you're the perfect employee because you ask a lot of questions. And you don't ask them to be mean. No. You ask them just because you want to understand. Yep. And I think your team, to help your team encourage that behavior, not only from yourself, but from the rest of your team. You know, asking why is okay. Yeah. And, and really get down to that root cause of why not. Well, we've done it that way for 30 years. That's why we do it. Well, if that's your answer. Yeah, that's wrong. Yeah, you need to yeah. really rethink your position in your organization. Yeah, and I, th- and I think, too, and I want to be clear about this. We're not saying that you have to change for the sake of changing. You know, at least I don't believe that's what we're no, saying. We're not. No, we're well, not. Change we're, for the right reasons. Right. Change for the right reasons. Don't be afraid to change. Don't be afraid to make adjustments or to change strategy or to tr- to change tactics or processes or whatever the case may be. It could be something as simple as a hiring practice. We were talking about that before. Yep. You know, and, and uh, you know, because of key words, doesn't, that's not going to necessarily lead you to the right person. And, and it's just, a, it's, it's important that when change is needed, that we recognize it and then we institute change in a well thought out manner it's not just a we're going to change because we got to change so i'm going to make a decision right now how we're going to change that's you know there's times in life where you have to make snap decisions that's not one of them you know um so i think you know understand that paradigm when there's time for when the paradigm shift's coming when, when should you make a paradigm shift should you make it when it's curved no you should make it down here and that's what makes it tough. You know, if, if most people notice that the world's going bonkers when the, the curve's already hitting. When it's going bonkers. When it's going bonkers. It's, it's, it takes strong leadership and great communication to walk into a boardroom or to walk into a sales meeting or to walk into a staff meeting and say, hey, I realize sales are up 35%. I realize everybody's happy. I realize we just won all these awards. Guess what? We got to change. Because they're all going to look at you like you're crazy. Right? But that's exactly what happens to these organizations that don't recognize... They get comfortable. ...the paradigm shift, right? 
and so you've got to be it goes back to what I said earlier you've got to be you got to have some things that you you're, you got to walk in courage with a lot of courage a lot of times and you got to be willing to take risks because you're, you're there's a chance you're going to be wrong you know my dad used to always say yeah but there's a chance you're going to be right you know and that that's a cool thing you know so you, but you know and a lot goes into that thought process but you know there's you, you've got to be able to 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 change things up when you need to change things up but it all begins with listening and sharing and communicating openly with those people that are involved in that decision and in that team. So today we talked about really six things you can do in your organization to build the right culture, build the right employees and do things right. So what, what were they? You know, hire differently. Yeah. Um, the second thing is develop your team the way they need to be developed. The third thing is care. Yeah. The fourth thing is observe. The fifth thing is be fallible. And the four, the sixth thing, excuse me, is is be curious. So your takeaways for today are that here's what we're going to do. We're going to post this article with the podcast because there's a lot of great information in the interview. Um, and I encourage you to check out the work done at Forbes and the team there because they do outstanding work. And these articles and lessons are great for every business out there. Well, and, and you can apply them to your family also. And I think that's important. You know, uh, we've talked about this. This my last little thing I would say is, and a challenge I throw out there is, you know, sit down and walk through a business plan, quote unquote, with your family. You know, what does that look like as a family? You know, what, what, what where are we at? What do we want to do? Where do we want to grow? <clears throat> Excuse me, all those types of things. You know, and, and if you'll do that and apply these six things to your family, your family, you're going to see great improvement in your family. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So with that. The double nickel episode of Bold Leadership. We are out of here. Thanks for listening to the show. Our show notes can be found at www.exon.co. If you liked it as much as we think you did, be sure to go to iTunes and leave us a review. 